Dan Picknell, we've had a big response to the interview that we put out uh, where you where you did a call that I think is very uh, timely and very, very important for New Zealand. You said we must have police in charge in this country who are of the highest ethical and moral standard. And to that end, you've put out a call for Andrew Costa to resign, the police commissioner. What sort of response have you had so far? Very positive, actually. Um, I mean, it's only been out for a short time, but people have been messaging saying thank you um, for saying something and thank you for doing something about it. So that's encouraging to me. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not trying to ruin anybody's career, but people's safety and well-being is more important. So, you know, I think in that situation, the, the commissioners had plenty of opportunity to act correctly. So we can't just let it continue without saying or doing something because people are still are still getting harmed. And we'll add that initial interview underneath this short update. There was, Dan, another issue that you wanted to raise, and I felt that it's important enough that we do it as its own separate standing update interview. What is that issue that you wanted to talk about? I'd just like to talk about um, some changes that were made to a police form back in May of 2021 and again in August of 2021. Uh, and the form I'm talking about is known as a Poll 47. It's a police sudden death reporting form. Uh, so whenever the police attend a sudden death, we complete a report which goes to the, to the coroner and it's also held on police records. And it, the purpose is to gather information about the, the deceased person and that can be all sorts of things as to, you know, events leading up to their death, um, any, any known issues or factors that may have affected the outcome, including medical information such as was the person on medication, did they have a known, a known illness that may have contributed to their death, uh, etc. So it's, it's quite a detailed form that is filled out for every sudden death that we attend. Uh, the thing that, that raised concern for me was I became aware of the fact that uh, the form had been changed to now record details specifically relating to COVID-19 uh, vaccination, which was a bit strange because this had never, in my time in the police anyway, uh, just over nine. 10 years, I've never seen a change like that to the form where we singled out a specific medical treatment or medication as being of particular interest outside of what we were already recording and information. And some of the information that was asked for was, uh, you know, how many doses of the vaccine had the person received? What was the time frame between them? What were the batch numbers of the COVID-19 vaccines that had been given? Where were they administered? By who? And, and time frame from last vaccination until death. So it was quite quite specific and detailed. And so this, this made me think that was highly unusual. And also that it had 
been done in May of 2021 when the COVID vaccine rollout hadn't really been going that long. So it, it put up some red flags for me. What are those red flags that you see? That It is highly concerning. Uh, well, for me, the fact that we or somebody had decided that it was necessary to record this information around a specific product or vaccine when, you know, there's plenty of other vaccines that people are given regularly, which uh, apparently have no specific concern because they're not they're not listed on this form as needing to obtain such detailed information about, you know, and as I say, the timing of it just seemed to fit in with, is there a problem emerging here? Because, you know, the, the program's not been going very long and now the police form's been changed to look at how long it was since someone had a, had a jab uh, until they had passed away. So those are the main things that I was a bit worried about, actually. How can we get answers into why they have done this? Could you have asked your superiors when you were in the police force, where's this coming from? Why are these changes being put in place? At my level, I doubt that anybody would have had the answer to that. So what I ended up doing was I did an official information act request to the police, asking for some information about why it had been done and who had asked for it and where that information was going and what it was being used for. So, and I did get a response back. And I can, I've got it here, actually, if you'd like me to read a few bits out of it. Very much, Dan, very much. While you're just getting that ready, I remember uh, speaking to Linda Wharton from the Health Forum in New Zealand, who, who this was when we were in Freedom Village, and she was saying to me, and I never realised this, that more drugs are tested here in New Zealand, I think, than almost anywhere else in the world. And what what you're putting there is a piece of that, to me, that jigsaw puzzle of could we, at least it's a question to ask, could we be an experimental nation for the rollout of this mRNA new gene technology? Could we have been thrown under the bus by politicians saying, yes, experiment on our country, on New Zealand? Now, we, we don't know that for sure, but this is another piece of potentially a much greater jigsaw puzzle. What did the OIA say to you, Dan, tell you? Well, there's a, I'll read some of it. Um, so the question that I initially asked was, what date was the police sudden death report form known as the Poll 47 amended to include information from the deceased person's medical background on COVID-19 vaccination status? How many doses were administered, batch numbers of doses, who administered the doses, and the dates the doses were administered? Um, and the response was, the Poll 47 form was amended in May 2021, with a further amendment made in August 2021. My next question in there was, please provide any correspondence documented internally in New Zealand Police and or between any other interested agency or organisation or person outside of New Zealand Police that has directed New Zealand Police to specifically record COVID-19 vaccination data when someone dies. And I got a 
pretty interesting response to that. Um, so the response was, this part of your request is refused under Section 18E of the Official Information Act, as no such direction exists. It then goes on to say, a request was made verbally by Ministry of Justice as to whether police could capture this information. A subsequent request was made verbally by a pathologist to the chief coroner if the location of where the vaccine was administered could be captured on the pole 47 or So there was no, it appears there was no official written request for this to the police. It came about through two verbal requests, um, you know, by a pathologist on behalf of the chief coroner. Does it say does it say the pathologist's name? Does it give a name? No, no. And I did um, follow up with the Ministry of Justice and ask for that information, but it wasn't provided because um, apparently the coroners uh, come under a, a section of the government, under the judicial part of the government, which isn't subject to um, this act. So, you know, there's questions that probably need to be asked around why were the coroners looking for this to be added uh, to the police on death reporting form? This is very odd. This is this is from a government dam. Jacinda Ardern stood up and said, we will be the most transparent government ever. And it's almost impossible to find out things. Now, something else that I have been told from different sources is that uh, Jacinda Ardern also asked for a lot of things to be verbal rather than in writing, and a lot of the a lot of the records I gather would have gaps in them because of that verbal transmission of information at the highest sources of government rather than anything that could be tracked and traced now in in the period after her reign is is finished. Which has a sinister, you know, it has a sinister tone to it as well. Why would a prime minister ask for that if that were the truth? But there it is. There's a gap in the information and hiding behind the defence that it was only verbal. It's not written, so you can't get that. Okay, so where do you think where do you think we go from here as a country? How do we dig deeper into this using your police skills? Uh, well, I think an independent public inquiry into the COVID response is potentially where some answers might come from. It, I think I feel it as though it needs to be independent, the inquiry. You know, I, I don't even know how we can get that information from the coroners, um, but I, I, I guess through an inquiry, perhaps they'll be obligated to explain their concerns or why, why the question even came up as to whether the form could be amended in that way. You know, what, you, what are you picturing, Dan, when you say independent? I'm, I'm almost veering towards a group of highly ethical, highly skilled prosecution lawyers who are willing to cross-examine in great detail all of the main players in this, in this whole disaster. What are you picturing when you use the word independent? Yeah, I, I think... We need to have people who aren't funded or connected to any of what's occurred so far. Mm. 
because uh, uh, potentially some of these people may feel conflicted then having to investigate uh, and ask the hard questions. So, you know, as far as the Royal Commission of Inquiry, I'm just not confident that it's going to, the terms of it will be broad enough and far-reaching enough to, to ask these types of questions because they'll be uncomfortable questions for some people to answer, I imagine. So if you were speaking to or advising Winston Peters, what would your advice be? Mm, that's a good question. It's quite a hard one to answer, but I think the inquiry has to be separate from government. Uh, and I'm not sure how that would be structured, but as you say, Liz, it would require highly skilled people um, with legal backgrounds to who are not connected to the Crown, I suppose, uh, to be put together to ask the questions and, and, and submit a uh, a report on their findings mm. for everyone to have full access to to understand what's happened. Perhaps also combined in there would be a people's panel overseeing those lawyers and and being able to put questions they want asked to the lawyers. Because I think I've found even in the campaign, the wisdom out, out there in real New Zealand, the wisdom among real New Zealanders is high and the research and the questions they want answered. A lot of Kiwis are very are very switched on to to the the misleading behaviors, we'll call them, at the most benign, misleading, potentially criminal behaviors. And they want answers. Is that your impression as well, Dan? Yeah, totally. Uh, and it's not a lot of people that don't have higher education and university degrees uh, have very good intuition. Yes. Practical capabilities, you know. Um, and they're not operating under a mindset of what they've, they've, you know, and I'm not criticizing people who go to university because we need people um, to fill particular roles with those skills. But I just feel as though, uh, you know, our universities potentially can end up having a bias in, in their belief systems. So sometimes it's the people on the ground who are experiencing things, that, you know, a bit like policing, people on the front line. Uh, the people who have felt the effects, who are dealing with the effects, have seen uh, the consequences of what's happened in a real-world situation. Uh, some of these people are very valuable, and their insights are, are definitely worth hearing. Absolutely. Common sense insights, farmers, people who are at Freedom Village even, people who've really experienced the other side who could, who could but with balance, not with vitriol or revenge. But just with balance, say what I saw was not right, and and I want a better New Zealand. Dan, you're playing your part. Um, could we put the OIA underneath this little interview? It's a really important follow up, and ask also for anybody else, coroners, anyone else, who funeral directors who may have insight into why this form was changed. Did you take it to anybody else in the police and say, do you think this is unusual as well? Did any of your fellow Officers at that time go, yeah, this is weird. Why are we doing this? No, um, you know this. I put this request the OIA through after I'd gone from the police. 
I, I was aware that the form existed um, from my time in the police, but it was on reflection that I started to think, you know, this this actually needs further looking at, um, mm. you know, because it was in the back of my mind, and it wouldn't go away. So I thought, okay, I need to I need to try and dig a bit deeper as to what reason was there to do that, make that change. So as I said, it wasn't at that point I wasn't conversing over that with people I've been working with. I just am thinking on my feet here, Dan. I wonder if there's another DBA, a database analyst, who is putting all of that data that the police are collecting on that new form and wondering themselves, why am I doing this? And where is that data going? If there are any other whistleblowers who can help, please contact me, liz.gun at freenz.org. This is how we'll break it through real people, real Kiwis telling the truth, Dan. Thank you for what you've done here. Thank you.